This is a horror podcast and contains scenes of violence that some may consider disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. In a time of werewolves, witches, and castles, three young friends live in the shadow of the dark forest. Two will fall in love. The other will go mad. I'm your host, Alan McGill, and this is Red Door, a cry in the moonlight story. Chapter 2. We Three to Marcel. It didn't take long to catch up to the wagons. The guard captain saw William and his friends galloping toward them from behind and slowed to speak to William. Everything all right, sire? The guard captain asked. Quite fine. You may carry on. William spouted. The guard captain was a man named Corsi. He didn't care for William acting as a big shot. And when William told him to carry on, it raised his eyebrow. He also didn't like William, despite being his lord's son. And William liked to portray himself as the man in charge, which was not the case. The captain was sure it was for the benefit of Alessandra and Seth, who rode up just in time to hear William throw his authority around. Being an ill-tempered man, he waited until they were close enough to be sure they could hear his response to William. Your father didn't say anything about these two coming with us. The captain said curtly. They're with me. I think you should worry more about getting our cargo and the return trip rather than whom I invite along. William snapped. As you wish, sire. Corsi responded, tipping his hat to Alessandra. Do try and keep up. I shan't like to rescue you again from another riding mishap. Then Corsi snapped the reins of his horse and sprinted ahead, returning to the front of the caravan. William's face turned red. His anger was barely contained. He looked over at Seth and Alessandra, who were pretending not to have given any weight to the captain's snarky remark. But William knew they heard, and it embarrassed him. For now, the resentment building for Seth was overshadowed by the guard captain's disrespect in front of his friends. Something William would not forgive, nor forget. He rode silent for quite a while, seething in anger. His mind filled with plots at what to do with the guard captain. They followed the guard south through the forest before coming to a T in the road. The path east went to Port Calibre, while the road west continued deeper into the forest. The wagon train halted at the split, which surprised Alessandra, Seth, and William. What's going on? Alessandra asked. The wagons, along with the majority of the guards, continued toward Port Calibre. Captain Corsi and three of his trusted guards turned in the opposite direction. I thought we were going to Port Calibre. Looks like the guard captain and a few others are going the other way, heading east deeper into the forest, Seth said to William. As did I. Wait here. 
William snapped his reins, galloping toward Captain Corsi. Seth and Alessandra remained stopped at the tee. William raced to speak with the captain, but he did not stop, which forced William to trot along beside him. Why are we turning west, Captain? Is not the cargo being delivered by ship? Why are you not going with the wagons? Corsi pulled his horse to a stop and then looked at William, who also stopped. He turned fully in his saddle so he could see Seth and Alessandra as they were at the split in the road while the wagons continued east. We aren't going west. I am going west. You and your friends need to continue with the wagons. My men and I will be along shortly. Either that, or it might be a good place for you to go back to the castle. I told you, they are my guests and are coming with me. Very well. And as I told you earlier, keep up. Corsi then leaned forward to look William in the eye. You are not in charge here. You are a petulant boy. My job is to bring the cargo back as the master commanded. He saddled me with taking you along. I am sending the wagons to retrieve the cargo from the docks while I tend to... other business. I'll catch up with them on the return trip. What business is that? Does my father know about this? William demanded. Your father is aware of everything, boy. Corsi snapped as his men riding along laughed. (laughs) William's anger grew. Someday I will be the lord of the manor, dear captain. You would do well to remember that. That may be, sire. But right now your father has tasked me to see to this cargo as well as other business. Business you need not concern yourself with. Then he looked back at Alessandra and Seth again. If I were you, I'd be more concerned about a peasant boy taking care of your girl. They're my friends. She's not my girl. No, the way you always look at her when she comes to the castle, I thought she was. I guess those old lonely wives of the village are more your thing. Corsi smirked. If she were my girl, I'd be damned if some farm boy would be taking care of her. I wonder if the two of them will come with us or continue to Port Calibre together. Perhaps it is you that should not concern yourself with the business of a prince. We'll be continuing with you. William hissed as he turned his horse galloping back to Seth and Alessandra. What's going on? Where are they going? Where are we going? Alessandra asked. The mission is very sensitive. I can't really say much right now. I've sent the wagons on to Port Calibre. Alessandra didn't waste a moment. We're with you. Where you go, we go as always, right? It'll be fun. Seth nodded reluctantly. William gave a small smile and turned his horse. He had hoped Seth would go east with the wagons. He was at least glad they didn't turn back altogether. It was a gamble telling Captain Corsi his friends would be coming west with them. If Seth had decided to follow the wagons, it would have made him look like a bigger fool. William didn't like the idea of suggesting Seth and Alessandra go on to Port Calibre without him, 
but it worked out. Although William's mind rested a bit easier, he could feel the pressure starting to mount. He wanted Alessandra more now than ever. He just needed a way to spend some alone time with her. They had not embarrassed him in front of the captain, but Corsi's words planted a small seed in his mind, a seed that was growing as they trotted along. The guards moved faster now that the wagons weren't holding them back. Although their horses could trot at a quickened pace, Alessandra was still able to take in the sights and the sounds of the forest. None of them had been this far west before, so everything was new. Rays of light came through the canopy at various places, and these beams appeared as pale yellow curtains from the heavens. Green ferns at the bottom shining brightly under their radiance. In the areas beyond the light, dark foliage with fallen logs and twigs could be seen. The horses crossed a stream that meandered its way for several miles before coming to a small opening. As they looked ahead, a building to their right was tucked against some trees. It was hard to see at first, but once they saw the first one, the others became more noticeable. The forest hid the village well. Not many trees were removed to make room for this town. Houses and buildings were built within the forest which left the canopy overhead. Some of the structures were even built around the trees themselves. Giant oaks growing in the middle of homes. A big poplar cornered the general store. Everywhere you looked, trees surrounded everything. There was enough room for wagons to come and go, but the branches above covered the streets. It was damp under the shaded village, and without the sun to dry things up, mud and muck formed with the comings and goings of horses and wagons. As they entered town, a big library was the first building on their left. It sat just off the road with an alley going from its side running parallel to the main road. This alley stretched from the library all the way to the other end of town. A small corral was on the opposite side of the library. The guards rode up to the fence so they could dismount and tie their horses. Seth and William followed right behind. The blacksmith was hammering some heated metal on an anvil near the front. The moment they pulled up, he stopped what he was doing and came out to greet them. Of course, he flipped him a coin. We won't be long. Keep our horses safe. The blacksmith pocketed the coin and nodded as the guards grabbed their muskets and started walking up the street. He watched William pull up to the corral and dismount, followed by Alessandra and Seth. When he realized they weren't going to give him any coin, he went back to his hammering. Alessandra was the first to jump down as she asked. Where are we? I don't know. We're in Marcel. I didn't even know this place really existed. I thought it was a myth. I didn't know there was an actual town in the middle of the dark forest. It's not really a town. Seth looked around at the buildings and then said, Kinda looks like a town. It's not an official town. William responded with a sideways glance. Mostly criminals here. It's not recognized by the monarchy. Not even sure the king knows about it. As the three guards walked up the street, Captain Corsi came over to William, Seth, and Alessandra. I would recommend you stay near the horses. Then he looked directly at William. But I know you have trouble obeying orders. So, if you insist... Stay close to us. Keep out of trouble. More importantly, stay out of our way. 
and stay out of the alleys. We shan't be here long. Corsi didn't wait for a response. He hustled to catch his men before they got too far ahead. Alessandra, Seth, and William hurried along, but stayed well behind the guards. They wanted a better look at the town without being rushed. Most of the homes on Main Street had porches, unlike the ones in the alleys, which had none. The two side streets, or alleys, were behind the front street with pathways that connected them. None of the streets or alleys in this town were straight. Each moved around trees or giant rocks. Most were big enough for a wagon, but it was a tight fit. Barely room to pass anyone coming the other direction. The guard captain had caught up to his men quickly as the four of them led the way. They kept a watchful eye, looking around for anything of concern. Occasionally, they would look back to make sure William, Seth, and Alessandra were still with them. The captain's words clouded William's thoughts. When he looked ahead, he saw the guards looking back at him and chuckling to themselves. <laughs> Except, this was all in his mind. They were glancing back, but none of them were laughing. When he turned his head to Alessandra, she was walking close to Seth, another figment of his imagination. She was walking between both, but he didn't see it that way, and his resentment continued to build. What does he know? Captain is going to get what's coming to him, but not before he sees that she is here for me, not Seth. William thought to himself. As they all passed the general store, a group of riders came thundering into town from the east behind them. One peeled off going into the stables, while the other two continued to the inn. This startled Alessandra, who instinctively moved, grasping William's arm. I'm the one she wants, was his first thought when that happened. The riders turned their horses into the alley beside the inn and tied them to a post. Once the horses were secure, they went down some stairs to the tavern which was built below the inn. The loud wooden door creaked and banged as they entered. There wasn't any sound coming out of the tavern yet. It was early, being mid-afternoon. Only hardcore drinkers would be inside this time of day. The music and laughter normally coming from such establishments wouldn't start until the sun went down. We're not going to make it back to the castle by sundown, Seth said. Maybe you should go back. I can take Alessandra home. When Seth didn't respond, he gave another snarky comment. No? <laughs> then let's hear no more about it. William's snappy response caused Seth to give a quick look to Alessandra. She lowered her head with a smile, careful not to let William see. They followed the guards all the way to the inn. When they got there, one of the guards remained outside near the front stoop. He would keep an eye on the town while the rest continued downstairs to the tavern. The first through the door was Captain Corsi. The last was Alessandra. I've never been to a tavern. Other than the three fields, that is. Alessandra said upon entering. It's early. Not much happening in here now, I suppose. You'll be fine. You're with me. She looked over at Seth, who didn't give a reaction. He learned a long time ago that William always seemed to notice, even when you didn't think he was watching. His insecurities and distrust of everything around him, keeping a constant vigil, 
The tavern was nearly empty. A few old-timers were standing at the bar sipping some ale. In the back, there was a man shuffling a deck of cards. A strange-looking fellow seated at a table by himself. He wore a short cap with a long feather trailing out the back. The moment Alessandra walked through the door, the dealer's eyes flashed yellow. It was so brief nobody caught it, except Seth. The dealer saw the look on Seth's face, and he knew that Seth could see. Seth noticed but didn't understand, and he quickly dismissed it as the low light. Without a word, the dealer packed up his cards. As the guards grabbed a table, he quietly made his way to the door. He moved across the room, staying to the far wall within the shadows, careful not to make eye contact with anyone. His movements slow and deliberate to avoid people noticing him as he left. He almost made it to the door before the innkeeper called out from behind the bar. Oi, you coming back to start the game, yeah? She was a salty old woman who took no sass. The dealer didn't look back. He turned his head just enough to the side and tipped his hat slowly before grabbing the handle of the door. All right then, make sure you're back by dark. The innkeeper said as the dealer left, and then she turned to the guards. Bynes, something to eat. The old woman sighed as she wiped the table in front of them with a cloth. I'm the only aproner here today, love. Me and my son, that is. Bit early for any of my dashes, let alone the girls. They don't come until tonight. You all might want to stick around. The innkeeper could see the look on Corsi's face and changed her tune. Not much to eat yet, I'm afraid. Food's getting ready now, cooking and basting. But I'm sure I can whip something up for you gents. Then the innkeeper turned to William, Seth and Alessandra, who were seated at a table near the wall. About you. I'll have an ale. Bit of wine for the lady? The innkeeper said to Alessandra. Yes, please. Bread, maybe? About you. The innkeeper asked Seth. How about some brandy? Seth asked, a little unsure. All I got's is this special dark. Bit beer, if you ask me. Seth nodded yes. Your nickel. <laughs> she cackled while walking away and then called back. Bread and ale coming up. The innkeeper went behind the bar, yelling up a staircase behind it. Oi! Get down here and help your mum! She gathered the mugs and began filling them with wine and ale. By the time she was done, a young man had come down the stairs. She disappeared to the kitchen while he took the mugs she just prepared. He brought the guards their ale, then brought William, Alessandra, and Seth their drinks. He was nearly back to the bar when the guards yelled out for more. So he grabbed a pitcher of ale from the bar and filled the guards' mugs again. About the time he was done, the old innkeeper came from the kitchen carrying some plates with charred meat and bread. She plopped a loaf on the table for Alessandra, Seth, and William, and then put the tray of meat down for the guards. When his guards had been served and nearly finished with their food, Corsi moved to the rear of the pub. There were three men seated at a table just beyond the light. Neither Alessandra, Seth, nor William had paid much attention to them when they first came in. 
These were the same men who rode into town earlier. The leader was Nicholas Bouchard. Bouchard was a highwayman by trade, thieving and murder being his main occupation. A ruthless and cunning sort who didn't mind cutting a man's throat, or a woman's. But murder wasn't the primary concern for him right now. For the moment, he was in sales. Do you have the item? Corsi asked. We? Oui. Well, I haven't got all day. It's on its way. I'm afraid you'll just have to wait. Bouchard commenting sharply before asking. Who's your friends? A bit young, aren't they? Never mind them. They are not your concern. Do you have what we agreed? We. Oui. Well? Bouchard said mockingly to Corsi. While Bouchard was certainly comfortable with murdering, Corsi was not a man to be trifled with either. He quickly snapped back. It's not in the livery. Might as well send one of your lapdogs here to tell your man he can stop searching. And they might want to take a look around before pulling those pistols. Corsi quipped. Bouchard's eyes squinted. The highwayman had focused on Corsi, not paying much attention to the other guards. Corsi's men took their seats so they could eat and drink. When the guards were finished, and Corsi had the full attention of the highwayman, they quietly moved to tables on either side of the room. None of that bothered the highwayman until right this second. From these angles, they could kill each of the road agents with ease, and they outnumbered the highwayman. But that didn't intimidate Bouchard. He had what Corsi wanted, so he held the advantage. I'm afraid the terms of our agreement had changed. Corsi's eyes moved to the men seated with Bouchard, their hands now gripping their pistols. Prices doubled. You didn't tell me what I'd be smuggling here. Seems this is quite the find. Corsi leaned in. You weren't supposed to unwrap it. We said pristine condition. Bouchard got up slowly, putting on his tricorn. He casually walked over to the wall, pulled a lit candle off its holder, then pressed the flame to the bowl of his pipe. As he inhaled to light the tobacco, the glow revealed more of him. A long scar of burn marks marred the side of his face. He returned to the table and sat down right next to Corsi, letting out puffs of smoke. Your lord can well afford it, but I likes the girl. Let's make an even trade for the surcharge. Our agreed price, and you throw in her. Corsi glanced back at William, Alessandra, and Seth. Without any remorse, he said softly, Fine, but not here. You take her later tonight. Bouchard looked at Alessandra, William, and Seth, and then to Corsi. And the two farm boys? Sell them. Kill them. I don't care which. But they don't return. Now, when do I get my hands on the item? Bouchard nodded his agreement. Then he stood again, followed by his men. Later tonight, after dark. That wasn't the deal. Well, that's the deal now. <laughs>
Bouchard picked up his mug and chugged the last of his ale. His drinking was loud as ale dripped from the corners of his mouth. Using his sleeve, he wiped his face, then set the empty cup on the table. Be at the library after sunset, when the moon is in the sky. Don't be light. Bring my prize. She'll fetch a good prize. Bouchard then walked to the door with his men in tow. Before he opened it, he paused to look at the trio. He said nothing but tipped his hat to Alessandra just before going out with his men. William, Alessandra, nor Seth could see much of the man's face other than the burns. They couldn't hear his conversation with Corsi, so Seth and William thought he was being polite when he tipped his hat. But Alessandra had a sudden shiver. She saw the look in his eyes, and it was creepy. Corsi and his men got up to leave. One of the guards tossed some coin to the innkeeper. Corsi walked over to the trio. We can't leave just yet. We need to wait a few hours. Then we'll go. A few hours? It'll be dark by then. We can't ride the forest road at night. Corsi looked down at Seth, then the others. It will be fine. You are with Palame's finest guards. We are simply waiting for an important item for Lord Palame. Then we'll be off. You three stay here. One of my men will come and get you when we are ready to leave. William was immediately suspicious. The moment the big tavern door swung shut behind Corsi, he spoke. The captain has been telling me this whole trip to send you two home. If we leave now, we'd be halfway home. Now all of a sudden, he wants us to stay. I thought you were in charge of this mission, Seth asked. The blood rushed to William's cheeks at the question, but neither Seth nor Alessandra could see in the dim light. I was to lead them to Port Calibre. When Corsi and his men turned to come this way, I insisted on accompanying him to protect my father's interests. He's up to something. Wait, I thought... We're here now. I say we keep an eye on them. I'd like to know who that was they were meeting with over there. The innkeeper came over with a refill of ale and brandy. Before the innkeeper finished pouring, Alessandra placed her hand on the old woman's arm. Tell me, who was that meeting with our guard captain? The innkeeper pulled away slowly. Really can't say, young miss. Probably castle business of some kind, I imagine. None of my concern. None yours either, I should think. Well, this is Lord Parlamé's son. I would imagine whatever business this is, is his, wouldn't you? Unless we should let the Lord know a question was asked and so rudely refused. The innkeeper swallowed, looked around making sure the few people left in the tavern couldn't hear, and then decided to answer. All right, young miss, no one to be like that. The man's name's Bouchard, a highwayman. You know, road agents of sorts. He and his men are known to run back and forth through the western part of the forest. Best to take yourselves back east and home if you ask me. Not the kind of sort to be messing around with. The innkeeper finished, then waddled back to the bar. 
Alessandra stood first. Well then, are you guys coming or not? Let's go. William and Seth looked at each other, then followed. Seth made sure the door didn't bang as they went out. Sundown was still a few hours away, so the three of them decided to wait in the back alley until it was dark. When the sun was nearly gone for the day, they began moving to the main street in search of Captain Corsi and his men. The activity in the street lessened with the darkness coming. People walking back and forth, crossing the thoroughfare, mostly going home. The library and general store closed, and riders entering town arrived slower with a failing light. Bouchard had exited before Corsi and the guards. He gathered his men at the library without anyone noticing. Is it here? Did you find it? No. Nothing. Bouchard then looked back at the inn before giving more orders. Three will come out of the tavern. We wants the girl. She'll fetch a nice profit in the slave trade. They should be out after dark. For now, let's get some rest. Bouchard and his men decided to nap in some of the stalls filled with hay. They could rest here until it was dark. The blacksmith's hammer held a steady rhythm outside, making it easier to fall asleep. The noise from the smithing shop ended when the blacksmith left for the day. This was Bouchard's signal the night had come, and his men could awaken in time to meet with Corsi. They emerged from the stables quietly and moved to watch the main street. The moment they were outside, Bouchard spotted Alessandra, Seth, and William as they were making their way from the alley next to the inn. That her? That's her, Bouchard said quietly. And those two? His man asked. Kill them. Bouchard replied, but then his man's eyes lit up. Wait. Is that... Oh, I think it is. He asked more to himself than to anyone else. Bouchard took a better look, but didn't understand the question. And then he asked... Who? The big dark-haired one behind the girl. What about him? That's Lord Paul of my son. Oh, I didn't recognize him in the tavern. But I sees him now. Bouchard leaned back, contemplating what Corsi had told him. Then he spoke out loud in a soft tone. So... It would seem the good captain was planning on having us do some of his dirty work. Bouchard looked at his men, then back to the trio. After Corsi gives us the money, we kill him and his men. The girl gets sold to one of the slave ships in Calibre. Then we'll take the young prince and the item to Paulomat. See how much they are worth to him. And the blonde? His man asked, referring to Seth. I am we kill, Bouchard said, smiling. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Red Door, a Cry in the Moon's Light story. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. You can purchase the paperback along with book one of the trilogy, A Cry in the Moon's Light, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. 
For more news and information on the world of A Cry in the Moonslight, like the release of the special edition book with preview chapters of Book 2, The Undead Wars, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at alamcgill 14 That's alamcgill 14 Until next time, remember, only love defeats evil, but it might be a good idea to carry silver anyway.